With Hashem's assistance, we're learning now Sota, Daf Yudalid, page 14. We're starting at the bottom of Yigimelam Beis, 13b, on the bottom, two lines from the bottom. The Pasuk says, the verse says that Hashem buried Moshe Rabbeinu in the land of Moab, in the in the valley, uh, across from Beis Pa'or. Amar Barachia, Rabbarachia said, Simen we have a sign within a sign, meaning Hashem gave us multiple ways to figure out exactly where he's buried. Nevertheless, nobody knows where he's buried, despite the fact that Hashem specifically gave us all these different signs. The evil Malchus, I believe this is a reference to the Romans, so they sent to the leader of Beis Pa'or, Haranu Heichen Moshe Kavur. So they said, show us where Moshe Rabbeinu is buried. Amdulamala, so they stood above the place where we're supposed to be, he was supposed to be buried. Nizmahem Lamata, and they, it seemed to them that he was actually buried below. Lamata, when they stood below, Nizmahem Lamala, so it seemed like he was buried above. No matter where they stood, it always looked like he was buried in some other place. They split up into two groups. So whoever was standing above, so it seemed like uh, he was buried below. And whoever was standing below, it seemed like he was buried above. This is to fulfill that which the verse says, that nobody could possibly know. Interestingly, it doesn't per se mean that nobody is aware of where it is, but you can't intimately experience. The word Yoda, Da'as, is a lesson of intimate understanding, experiential. Nobody could experience his Kvur. You couldn't, you couldn't get there. It could be that you would know where it was intellectually, but you can't get there. Rabbi Chama, Rabbi Chanina, Omar, Rabbi Chama, the son of Rabbi Chanina, said, Af Moshe Rabbeinu Heichan Kavur. Moshe Rabbeinu himself doesn't even know where he's buried. Ksiv Hacha, we have a verse that says here, Velayada Ishes Kvuraso, like we said, nobody knows where it is. He uses the word Ish. Ksiv Hasam, it says elsewhere, in reference to Moshe Rabbeinu, Vizos Habracha Shebeirech Moshe Ish Halakim. This is the Bracha, the blessing that Moses gave the man of God, so he uses the word Ish there. So even he himself, the Ish, Moshe, doesn't even know where he himself is buried. So he also said, furthermore, Why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses, was buried across from this place called Beis Pa'or? Because he came to be a kapara, to atone for the actions of Pa'or, the, the idolatry there. And we're going to go down to, to the Bach on the side, the little Aleph. So he has a whole uh, nice long extra piece in there, which is actually really beautiful. So he said, Why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu's burial place is hidden from the eyes of man? Because it was clear and apparent before Hashem. Then in the future, the Beis Hamikdash, the temple, will be destroyed. The Jews will be exiled from their land. Perhaps the Jews would come at that time to the burial place of Moshe Rabbeinu of Moses, and they would stand there with, with crying, and they would pray, and they would supplicate to Moshe Yomrulo and say, Moshe Rabbeinu, and say, Moses, our, our teacher, stand up in prayer on our behalf. And Moshe would get up, and he would nullify the decree. We know that the righteous people are even more dear to Hashem in their death than they were even when they're alive. We see this idea because when the Jews were in the in the desert, they did they went off of the path, the proper path. 
Vaasu Egel, and they made the golden calf, Kotzav HaKadosh Baruch Hu Al Yisrael. Hashem got angry at the Jews. V'yomar Lamesh, and he said to Moshe, Heref mi meni vashmidim. He said, get away from me, and I'm going to destroy them. Or how many righteous people were in that generation? And how many saints? There was Moshe and Aaron and Joshua and Eldad and Medad and the 70 elders, all these different righteous people, saintly people. He didn't do anything for them. The only person that was able to nullify the decree was Moses. Okay, now back into the Gemara. My dixiv, what does it mean in the verse when it says, Achare Hashem lekechem talchu, you should go after Hashem your God. Bichi esher le laadam lahalech achar shechina. Is it possible to follow after the divine presence? Halek farnamer, the verse says, Ki Hashem lekechem eish eichla. Hashem your God, fire consumes him, who he is. Ela lahalech achar midoisu shal hakadosh baruch hu. What does it mean to go after Hashem? It means to follow after his attributes. Mahu malbish arumim, just like he clothes the naked. Dixiv vayas Hashem lekim laadam laishte kosnes or vayal bishem. Hashem made for Adam and Eve these clothing out of leather, and he dressed them. So you so too, you should dress those who have no clothes. The verse tells us that Hashem himself was Mavakar Choyle, he visited the sick. It says Hashem appeared to Avram Avinu in Elon Mamre, in the fields of Mamre. So you should also follow in Hashem's ways and visit the sick. We find the verse says that Hashem came to comfort the mourner. It was after Avraham died, Abraham died. Hashem gave to give a blessing to Isaac. So just like Hashem is someone who visits those who are who have lost someone, he consoles the mourners, so too you should console the mourners. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavar Mesim, the verses that Hashem, He buried the dead, Dechsev, Vayikvar Oisoy Bagai, Hashem buried Moshe Rabbeinu, Afata Kavar Mesim, so so too you should bury the dead. Now, two dots. Kosnais Or, so the verse that we mentioned, that Hashem made for Adam and Eve, these clothing out of leather. Ravi Shmuel, we have an argument between Ravi and Shmuel, Chadamar, one said it's something that comes from made out of leather, made out of skin. What does it mean? Kasnos or their clothing for the skin, something that the skin enjoys. We find at the very beginning of the Torah and at the end of the Torah the concept of Hashem's kindness. It starts off with kindness. The verse says that Hashem, He made for man and his wife these clothes that were made out of leather by Albisham and He dressed them. It ends off with the concept of kindness. That Hashem buried Moshe Rabbeinu in the valley. Why was it so important for Moses, our teacher, that he wanted to go into Eretz Yisrael, into Israel? What he wants to eat the delicious fruits? He wants to enjoy the goodness of Eretz Yisrael, of Israel? This is what Moshe Rabbeinu said. This is why he wanted to go. There are many commandments that the Jews were commanded. The only place that they can properly fulfill those commandments is in Israel. I'd like to go into Israel so that I can fulfill all of the mitzvahs myself. Hashem said to him, The only reason that you want to go in is in order to receive reward. I consider it as if you've done it. Don't worry. 
Shenemar lachina chalik le berabim. So we bring a pasuk in Yeshaya that the Gemara is going to say is referring to this. Lachina chalik le berabim. I will provide for him. I will give out to him in public. Esatzumim yechalik shalom. And with the great ones, he will divide the spoils. Tachas asherhera lamavis nafshayf. Since he has spilled out to death his soul. As Poishim Nimna, he prevented the sins. Vuhu Chet Rabim Nas, he carried the sins of the many. Ule Poishim Yafgiya, and for those who are wayward, the sinners, the rebellious ones, he has prayed, as we'll see that that's what it means, Yafgiya. Now, Lachena Chalak Lebe Rabim, so we go back to the beginning of the verse, we're going to explain it piece by piece. I will give out to him, I will give him what his portion is in public. Yachal Kachroinim. You might think that he's going to get a portion like the later ones and not like the earlier ones. That's what the verse says. He's going to divide the spoils along with the great ones. That they are very great in Torah and the commandments. Because he gave over his soul to death. What does that mean? He was ready to give himself over to death. As the verse says, he said to Hashem, if you don't listen to me and for- forgive the Jewish people, then erase me. So we see he's ready to give himself over to death, rather than the Jews being given over to death. He was counted amongst the sinners. I made a mistake in the previous translation. Nimna here means counted. He was counted amongst those who died in the wilderness. He carried the sins of the many. That he took part in the kapara, in the atonement for the maisa, ego, the making of the golden calf. For those who rebel, he prayed. He prayed for those who were the rebellious ones of the people of Israel that they should return in tshuva repentance. We know that the word pegiya is reference to prayer. Shnemer. As the verse says, Hashem said to Moshe, don't pray for them, don't pray on their behalf, and don't try to say anything on their behalf. The Pasuk ends, don't pray for them. It's a, all these Lashon is saying over and over, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, don't pray for them, because Hashem, in a certain sense, didn't want to forgive them, but he was really saying that if you pray for them, I'm going to have to listen to you. So he was really showing him that he should pray. Interestingly, that's a Gemara in Brachas, Ayin Sham, check it out over there. So now we finished the first parak, we're going to return to you. We have to Chazar, of course, we have to go over the Gemara that we're learning, always. So now we begin the second parak, we're talking about the Mincha, the flower offering of the Sota, that was brought. So he would bring, meaning the husband would bring the mincha, this flower offering, inside of a kfifa mitzris, a basket that was made out of the wood or the sprouts that come up around a dekel, a palm tree. They put it in her hands in order to wear her out. The Gemara will explain why we're so interested in wearing her out. It's going to be the first piece in the Gemara. Now the mission is going to compare all the other flower offerings to her flower offering. All of the other flower offerings, they would start and end in a holy vessel. Vezut chilas v'kfifa, mitzris. This one starts off with this special basket made out of these pieces of palm. Vezsefa v'klisharis, and it ends up, however, in a holy vessel. Kalamanachos, all other flower offerings, unes shemen ulevayna. They require, they need to be mixed with oil and with frankincense. Vezu einatuna leshemen v'leilevayna. This, however, did not require any oil and no frankincense. Kalamanachos bois menachitin. Almost all of the other flower offerings come from wheat. This comes from barley. 
And the one exception to that rule, which is the Minchas HaOmer, the, the flower offering of the Omer, which was brought on the second day of Pesach, even though it comes from barley, it was very finely ground. However, this offering of the woman, so the Sota, so it wasn't so finely ground. Just like the actions that she's doing are very crude, animal-like actions, because she's hanging out with other men. Therefore, the carbon, the sacrifice that she brings, is food that's normally fed to an animal, which is this barley, which is not finely ground. Gemara. The Gemara begins. Tanya. says in the name of Rabbi Eliezer. Why did we make her hold this basket? In order to make her expend effort. In order that she get tired and she not be interested and she just admit that she did something wrong. If this is how much Hashem cares to make sure that this person doesn't get blown up, and that she shouldn't drink the waters, and that she should admit that her guilt, and this is someone who didn't do Hashem's will, certainly someone who does do Hashem's will, certainly Hashem cares about that person. How do you know that it's because Hashem cares? This is why we're making her, we want her to back out. Maybe the reason that we want her to back out is not because we care about her and that she shouldn't blow up, but rather because we don't want Hashem's name to be erased. Because this, Manda Amr holds, that she actually drinks this waters before she brings her karban mincha, before she brings this flower offering.